Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to give a big shout out to a company I absolutely love. Today's episode is brought to you by Brighton Scent. Brighton Scent is a black owned company creating candles and apparel with a mission. Not only are they focused on quality products, but also on giving back. 10% of all revenue goes towards a cause of your choice. The proceeds go towards helping the community, ending sexual exploitation, fighting homelessness, and spreading hope. I'm a big fan of the Genesis Collection, which houses candles with scents like citrus and amber, eucalyptus and cedarwood, among many others. Make sure you check out their dope crewnecks and hoodies as well. For a limited time, you can use their code MISSION to get free shipping on orders over $60 at brightonscent.com. Again, that's code MISSION, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, to get free shipping on any orders over $60 at brightonscent.com. Link in the description. Let's get to the show. Yo, what is up? Welcome to My Unwarranted Advice. My name is Kwaku Yen. I am a son, a brother, an uncle, an external processor, semi-introvert, and part-time bookworm. I finally built up enough courage to attempt to create the podcast I've been dreaming of for years. The premise is simple. I'm too young to give out any profound advice that's tested and true. My track record is shaky at best. And at this stage, I should listen far more than I speak. But I think I have something to offer within my demographic. Nuance and vulnerability. I'm going to dig through the shallow pond of life I've lived through so far and try to extract lessons from a whole variety of topics. Today, we tackle grief. So a little bit of a disclaimer before we get into this episode. Human memories can be very deceiving. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with flashbulb memories, but uh, due to how deeply emotional some memories can be, um, sometimes things aren't completely accurate, right? And so this will be sort of a retelling from what I believe occurred and how I think everything went down. Um, And so for further context, I was born in Columbus, Ohio, and lived in Ghana for a few years before returning to the U.S. when I was nine. Uh, I'm the last of four kids. I have one brother and two sisters. Uh, My closest sister in age is four years older than me. And so my siblings uh, would even, I believe, uh, describe these events uh, of the season uh, very differently from me. So you think about the maturity level between my siblings and I. Uh, And I believe some of my blind spots make sense. Um, The essence of this episode is the strain that grief creates in a community where it isn't practiced or lived out very often, which I think is most of the world. But I will be speaking, yeah, from this perspective of it occurring in a West African household. So anyways, after being in Ghana for years, uh, predominantly living with my aunt and uncle, I returned to Ohio where my mom had put together the pieces of a new life for us. She had secured a good job, a townhouse. We were in a good school district. Her citizenship was intact. Uh, We had a community and more. And so we returned to Columbus for a few reasons, the greatest of them being my dad's diagnosis with cancer. Uh, And here's the weird thing reflecting on it now as an adult. I never really knew getting off the plane from Ghana when we landed that my dad was sick. 
It was after I enrolled in school and was adjusting to life here that I noticed that we spent more time in the hospital than most families. Um, And subtle and obvious things sort of clued me into the fact that my dad was sick in a very real way, uh, but there was no explicit conversation. There wasn't a moment uh, for my young ears to sort of um, grasp the concept that my dad had a very significant diagnosis uh, with what seemed to be not many years to live. Uh, I was just focused on adapting to being in America, um, being picked up late from school, sports, or any function, as is typical of most African or probably immigrant homes in the U.S. Uh, but for me, it was a little different. Uh, my parents were, or whoever was picking me up was late because of chemo treatments, MRIs, ER trips. Uh, so it added a different form of saltiness. Me and all my friends could sort of relate to this whole epidemic of not being picked up on time. But for me, it, it was mixed in with a little bit more uh, since my dad was sick. Uh, my dad would go on to battle the cancer for eight years. Uh, and in the midst of that battle, he was often going back and forth between Ghana and the U.S. Uh, and so as is common in a majority of African homes in the States, he and I lacked a relationship outside of the authority role he held as a parent. Uh, provider and disciplinarian I sort of wrestled with wanting to know um, yeah him really well and resenting what I felt like was like an intentional distance from me Uh, my dad wasn't cold or malicious he was warm with people he was a natural communicator a businessman lover of small kids uh, yeah extremely savvy in every way Um, and so in a home where your father is present and providing and disciplining and seeking the best for the overall family. Um, it makes it that much more painful to feel like you're lacking a relationship. Because of these feelings of not being known, I grew a bitter heart toward my old man. I began to take notes in my heart of literally anything he said or did that hurt me. Uh, and the entire thing was just extremely unhelpful it uh yeah just led me to harden heart more than it it ever led us to a closer relationship i think i wanted him to show these glimpses of interest in me uh in the sports i was into in the music i was listening to uh i just really wanted to feel like he knew me um and in the bitterness i was harboring i was doing nothing to extend the olive branch uh and create the relationship that I wanted and I think part of me would like to receive credit because I was younger and put aside any form of blame but I think looking at it now understanding that my dad was going through something that I could never understand in facing terminal cancer I just wish we had an environment that would have allowed for me to step forward and for him to share the truth and the difficulty in what is happening. And I think this is where grief comes in because prior to my dad passing, grief was already present. 
there were things that he was missing in my life, whether it was little award ceremonies he couldn't go to because of his red or white blood cell count or his trips to the ER that seemed to quote unquote inconvenience others. So many things were stripped of him in those moments, but in a community where there's no forms of grief implemented when it's not a language that we speak how does one continue to process those and i think for my dad he tried to model even better um, as we all do than his father did to us to my siblings and i and so it's nice to get to this place where i no longer harbor this ill will i get to see the nuance and the difficulties that my parents faced in raising us all to be semi-decent adults but it still makes me really want to fight for grief training (laughs) grief counseling something of that nature because how do we move forward when we've never been introduced to something that's mandatory at some point in time we'll all face grief it'll be unique um, which is one of the most powerful forces about grief is the fact that it's a custom-made glove that you were never sized for Uh, it hits on things that you weren't aware it would flare up and so because of this difficult relationship with my dad because i don't believe he had a healthy way of grieving his reality he passed away in 2016 without us ever reconciling our relationship the two years that occurred after it were some of the darkest of my life uh just extreme amounts of despair and the bitterness that i had practiced so for so long while he was alive i just continued to live with and allowed to grow which only continue to make things worse it it showed up in a whole variety of areas in anger and friendships in my relationship with other black men uh, in general and it was just something that marked me for who I am last year I was fortunate enough to spend time with a therapist on a more regular basis and I remember the last session that we had uh she alluded to the fact that i get a say in what the defining story of my life is it could be this really painful relationship with my father that i can't have closure with essentially on this side of life uh that i never got to say the things that i was feeling and i only bit my tongue to continue the the anger and um, the strain on our relationship or it could be something else and that the choice was totally up to me and that was the best advice I think I've I've ever received because it, it allowed me to let go of this bitterness and anger and for some reason it opened the door to the nuance that parents face you know if it's not cancer 
for many of us that are children of immigrants, it's something else. It's bills, it's finances, it's a green card, it's your family back home that you're seeking to send money to. It's something, right? And so hence the essence of why it's so important to learn to grieve, to open our eyes to the nuances of each and every person. I've come to the conclusion that most of us are just really trying. (laughs) And that's been immensely helpful to recognize that people genuinely are trying their best to get along. And sometimes it comes out in really misguided ways. Again, in those two years after I lost my dad, it came out in a variety of ways that were hurtful to me and to others. You know, I was manipulative. Uh, It came out in how, yeah, sexually promiscuous I was, a whole variety of things that were just deeply unhelpful to me uh, were unearthed because of this. So while the pain that I bared while he was alive was deeply hurtful, looking back as an adult, I'm immensely thankful for everything about my dad and our relationship, even the pain that it caused. I know there were infinite sacrifices he made thinking of me. I know that he exhibited all types of love towards my siblings and I, and I'm sure that the example his father set wasn't what he had hoped for either. So sometimes we can only slightly improve on the things we've already seen, hence the importance of representation, but that's for another time. Regardless, to the boss man, my OG, Pops, Dad, I love you. I wish we could have had this moment when you were here. I wish I had asked you how you were feeling about the tumor stealing moments from you. I wish my anger in those days didn't tattoo your missteps on my heart. I wish I had asked you what your dad was like. I wish I could have heard the story of you pursuing mom from your perspective. I wish you got to see my future wedding. I wish I would have memorized the stories you told I wish I had slowed down to think about all you were going through at the time. I wish I had told you about my passions instead of waiting for you to ask me. I wish we understood each other. I wish you knew me. And I wish you were still here. Here's my unwarranted advice. If you're like me in a household with a father who's present and you feel this overwhelming sense of distance while simultaneously seeing your father right in front of you, present in everyday life. Go ahead and raise that conversation now. Uh, Not because it'll be too late someday, but because there's immense joy that it could bring right now. Secondly, learn to grieve. I think it's really interesting that once you've never seen it, you also never run to it. Seeing my dad go through a hard time, this battle that I couldn't even imagine, but simultaneously never shedding a tear in front of me or just having these healthy mediums of coping outside of playing golf or watching TV, you know, I wonder if it might have helped to see him in a different area. And so 
I hope that's a good enough takeaway from today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next one. As I touched on, losing my dad affected me in a variety of ways. Loads of anxiety, promiscuity, cannabis abuse. It all sort of shaped a period in my life. I'm happy to be standing on the other side and I look forward to having a son of my own someday and giving him the best I possibly can. I hope he learns to grant me grace in my shortcomings before I'm in casket clothes big thank you to all of the people that helped save me from that time of despair. Matane, Jack, AI, Drew, Cameron and Wahaj, Loyana, Zim, Lauren and Kate, Zach, Dan, Sarah, my family as a whole. We really rallied around each other and I know I'm missing an entire host of people. CICC crew, everyone. Thank you for every kind word you ever spoke and every act of kindness you were unaware would deeply move me. You all showed me so much love. This episode is in loving memory of John Yen, Auntie Grace, Issy Ampedu, Auntie Doris, Mara, Dida, Kekeli, and dozens of loved ones we've lost along the way. Nyafan, Wa Jogba. Rest in peace.